Welcome to Watershed's July podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove. I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. Many apologies for the delay in getting this podcast to you. My excuse is, is that I've been jumping around Europe, talking about and presenting Watershed as a case study. Why, you may ask, is Europe interested in what we are up to at Watershed? Well, it's to do with the impact digital in general and the internet specifically is having on cinema. In Bologna, at the Europa training sessions during Il Cinema Ritrovato, I gave a talk about Watershed's Decalogue Strand, our year-long look at the first decade of the second century of cinema, as a way the internet can be used to engage audiences and publish talks and discussions. Basically, the films being screened as part of the Strand become a route via the internet to have a wider engagement and discussion with you, the audience, about cinema. It is my contention that audiences are interested in discussing issues and ideas generated by films as much as they are being entertained by them. The internet affords an exciting way to do this. For more about Decalogue, see watershed.co.uk forward slash Decalogue. At the beginning of this month, I was at a conference as part of the Belgian Presidency of the European Union entitled Towards a Global and Coherent Approach to European Cinema. I was speaking on a panel looking at the role of public funding at all stages of the cinema creation chain, alongside Ken Loach's producer Rebecca O'Brien, a Dutch distributor, Uni France, the French Film Export Agency, the French Technicians Union, and Aviva Silver, head of the media programme for the European Union. What is obvious from the discussions is the way the internet and digital, platforming, publishing, and indeed piracy, is challenging and changing the traditional model of the film business. The EU wants to explore these emerging new models and how they themselves might strategically support and indeed regulate the new media landscape. It's a difficult balancing act. Regulation would seem to be anathema to the internet. But clearly the cycle of film and audiovisual creation needs to be financed. And if traditional income streams are drying up, where is the money to come from? Rebecca O'Brien talked about the pilot they're trying of publishing Ken Loach's films via YouTube. The films are streamed so you cannot download. The theory is that if other people are going to pirate and publish your work, usually in a diminished quality, why not take control of the process and publish yourself? What is interesting is that Rebecca is also asking the online community, would they pay? And if so, how much? So in effect, the producer is talking direct to her audience. The consequence of publishing online was a spike in sales of Loach's DVDs. However, her recounting of this on the panel was like a firecracker going off in the heart of Europe. How could an auteur like Loach have his work made available free online via YouTube? Doesn't this not only diminish him, but the cultural and financial value of his work, and also the status of cinema going? My own response is that it was great the films were available, as it only increases the awareness of Loach and an appetite for his cinema. I remain convinced that when I screen a retrospective of Ken Loach's films with his new film, Root Irish, coming up soon, audiences will want to see the films on the screen, even if they have watched them on the computer. Rather than diminish, it makes them more accessible and I believe audiences will also want to experience them 
in the cinema. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing The Gamekeeper, a film Loach made for television in the 1980s online, which I would otherwise not be able to see. If you go to YouTube and type Ken Loach, you'll find the site. There were three panels, and the other two were How Can European Cinema Be Promoted Through On-Demand Services? and Cinema Between Culture and Industry. The results and some of the presentations were made available on the website www.colocmons2010.be and the spelling of that is C-O-L-L-O-Q-U-E-M-O-N-S 2010 all one word. Back at Watershed, while online at D-Shed, we have published a few pieces which should hopefully be of interest. First, we put together a retrospective of French director Claire Denis in June to tie in with the release of her new film, White Material, which was released in the UK on the 2nd of July. As part of the retrospective, we were hoping to get her to Watershed. However, this proved too complicated, so we went to London to interview her. You can watch the interview on the D-Shed website. Also, as part of the Festival of Ideas, we had author and theorist Clay Shirky at Watershed discussing his new book about creativity and generosity in the connected age. We transmitted the talk live to Cornhouse in Manchester and had the audience tweet questions and comments. The results also can be seen at dshed.net. Finally, a word for the late great rebel Dennis Hopper. He was, and is, an icon of independent cinema. We are screening four of his classic films on Sunday lunchtimes throughout July. I had the great privilege of seeing Hopper in conversation with German director Wim Wenders. Wenders recounted the story of when they were making The American Friend in the 70s. He was due to pick up Hopper at Hamburg Airport from a flight from the Philippines where Hopper was on set of Apocalypse Now. Hopper came off the plane dressed exactly as he was in Apocalypse Now, complete with three cameras round his neck. He had been seriously bitten by insects in the jungle and probably was kept going by the alcohol and drugs in his system. Vendors took him straight to the hospital where fortunately they specialised in tropical diseases. While shooting the American friend, Hopper's somewhat shambling method approach was seriously clashing with Swiss actor Bruno Gantz's classical style. The story is, they almost came to blows. Hopper thought he should get his act together and drop the partying for learning his lines. Meanwhile, Gantz thought, to hell with this, I'm for the more relaxed approach. The result is a great film with great performances. When Hopper acted or directed in something that mattered to him, He communicated a rare intensity and integrity, which is a joy, sometimes terrifying as in blue velvet, to behold. That's all for this month. Thanks.